this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and once again, so glad to be with you guys today on this amazing Wednesday morning. I know some of you guys are here in the podcast, probably Wednesday night, maybe Thursday, maybe at two years into the future. Who knows, right, when you're listening to this podcast. But I tell you right now, I'm glad and honored that our words bring life and our words actually resonate as a vibrate and a frequency throughout the universe for many, many years to come. And that you might say, wow, that's sounds far-fetched. It's true. Our words are nothing more than frequencies and vibrations that actually, you know, connect. And so guess what? If you're wanting to hear, the Bible says, he who has an ear, let him hear. If you're wanting to hear, you're going to hear. You're going to hear what it is you're attracting into your life that you need to hear and that you want to hear, right? And so I'm honored to be with you guys today. And I'm and I'm excited because this month we're in the month of September. Now, September, here it is, September 2023. Can you believe it? I'll probably go back and listen to this podcast in five years and I'll be like, 2023, wow, like that actually existed, <laughs> you know? It's funny because time flies by so quickly, and the, and the famous uh, phrase is so true. Time flies when you're having fun, and my life is nothing more than having fun in God, and I th- I'm thrilled and honored, you know? There's nothing in life worse than seeing a, to be honest with you guys, a desperate spiritual person. Desperate, unhappy, miserable, you know, do we all go through trials and tribulations? Sure we do, but you know, to see somebody constantly down and depressed and, and negative and I'm talking a lifestyle. I'm not talking about like, you know, let's say you go through a time of depression, you go through a hard time, let's say if somebody someone dying, that's understandable. But a lifetime that is just very oppressive and woe is me and I'll never make it, you know, there's nothing worse than a horrible we'll say testimony to someone who claims spirituality, you know, claims Christ and then just lives a life of negativity. Woe is me, right? So my phrase is this do I go through hard times? Sure I do. Have people died in my life? Sure they have, but you know what? I keep on looking up because I know that the glass for me is going to be half full and not half empty. And guess what? This too shall pass and this bump, this hump shall pass in my life and I'm going to overcome this and so I'm not going to worry about it nor am I going to give anything attention to that because it's just not worth it because I don't want to feed anything that I want to bring back to life. Right? Can I get an amen from the choir? And so because of that, that's where you have to look and say, you know what? I choose joy. And I want, you know, and, and the saying once again that I brought up earlier, and that is as far as, you know, um, life goes by when you're having fun, it does because I choose to have fun in my life. I choose to be joyful no matter what the circumstance brings to me. Because guess what? It is going to change. It's subject to change and it will change. And so why give in to any circumstance that is just passing by like a cloud here today, gone tomorrow. Because you know what? It is gone tomorrow. And I don't want to give it any attention. I don't want to feed uh, feed into it at all, right? And so today, I'm excited because in the month of September 2023, as I said earlier, I'm going to talk about the newest book of the month, which is called The Glory Unleashed. The Glory Unleashed. Now, many of you are going to be like, that's a really cool sounding book. You know, the glory of God, you know, coming into our midst, and you're exactly right. It's powerful, but we hear also these amazing 
stories all through the Old Testament about the glory of God coming down into the temple, you know, into the tabernacle, and like things happen. But you know what's great about this is knowing that in the New Testament we hear a little bit about where, you know, when Christ resurrected, the veil was written to, you know, on the temple. So what does that mean? Everyone can go in, everyone can travel in and out, right? It means that the glory is not held or bound into a certain place. And so I'm not that person that feels like within a certain church or a certain atmosphere that God's going to sort of show up. Because guess what? God doesn't have to show up anymore. God is all things. In other words, God is in all things. Which basically, because the scripture makes it plain, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and everything in it. And so we know that God is omniscient, omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at all times. And so therefore, you know what? The glory of God is on me as I choose. It's surrounding me. It's surrounding me. On my, on my uh, Facebook and Instagram live Monday morning, this past Monday morning, as I was introducing this book, I brought out the understanding of the Hebrew word and the Aramaic word. And when I brought it out, I dealt with what the word glory meant. And what the word glory means actually is abundance, wealth. Uh, it's, it is um, that presence. And so this is where we have to begin to realize that the abundance or the unlimitedness in which God is and God has is wanting to infiltrate our lives if we so choose to do that. He who has an ear, let him hear this. Because the more you hear it, the more you see it, the more you feel it, the more you touch it, the more you smell it, the more you believe it, the more you become it, the more it's going to be your reality. And so when we deal with the presence of God, the presence of God doesn't come and go like it did in the Old Testament. The presence of God, when we call the glory unleashed that means it's not the fact that God's unleashing it or the heavens are going to open up and unleash it it means that God is waiting on you to unleash it around your life in your life 24 hours a day 7 days a week and it doesn't have to look spooky spiritual you know like oh man there's you, you know got this huge glory cloud around your face you know you know hey you know what let's leave the drama for the Old Testament amen let's get into the New Testament where, where we know we operate by faith and not by sight and by faith and we, we take it. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And so therefore the things of God's kingdom, we have to take by force to say, and it's not a fighting, I gotta make it happen. It's an understanding of will, willfully submitting our minds to the unlimitedness and say, I just receive. And then when I receive it, I become it, I live it out, I breathe it, and it's part of my life. And so what that means here is I choose to constantly be surrounded by the glory, by the presence of God, by the unlimitedness, by the presence of abundance, by the presence of heavenly wealth, because that's what God is. And so through that, we're getting this infiltration of, of fullness. Of, in other words, in, in, um, in the Aramaic was completeness and fullness. And so we're getting the completeness, the fullness. And so I want my being to be able to be surrounded knowing that it, there is a fullness or completeness to who I am, to my atmosphere, because the glory of God is always around me. In the Old Testament, we read the word Shekinah. Now, when we read the word Shekinah, we read about the Shekinah glory. And the word Shekinah... And the Hebrew is actually a word that we, that actually means to settle, but it also means to inhabit or dwell. Now, many of you are like, yeah, well, that's cool. I've heard that before. So Shekinah glory represents the settling and inhabit or dwell. Now, when we read yesterday about, or excuse me, Monday morning, and we read about the word glory and how the Hebrew and the Aramaic word was coming forward. And, and what's interesting about that is, um, it's it's really realizing about what we're saying when we put all this together, because when we deal with um, 
you know, these type of words about what they originally meant in the Old Testament and, and, and understanding that, then we're getting this picture of the Hebrew word representing kavod. The Hebrew word for glory is kavod. And that means, once again, wealthy, abundant, and splendor. Wealthy, abundant, and splendor. But in the Aramaic, we get the word shavak. And what that means here is satisfying fulfillment, a calm and feeling of completeness. So these, so, so these words are letting us know that when we deal with Shekinah glory, we're dealing with the fact of the, the inhabit, the dwelling, the settling. I love this because it's very important you understand this. The settling, the, the, you know, the inhabitation, the dwelling of what? Of glory, which is what? So we could, if we put the two words together, Shekinah glory, we get the settling of wealth upon us, the settling of abundance, the settling of splendor. We could say the settling of majesty. We could say the settling of then Aramaic. We get the settling of fulfillment. And isn't that cool? A settling of calmness and a settling of feeling of completeness. And then we use the other words, inhabit and dwell. So we can say the word, a dwelling of wealth. Isn't that cool? A dwelling of abundance, a dwelling of splendor. A dwelling of satisfying fulfillment, a dwelling of calm and a feeling of completeness. So an inhabiting or a dwelling of completeness. So what we're getting here is what? To me, if you put this stuff together, here's what I here's what I hear in the spirit. Is I hear a confidence, a confidence, a knowing, a being that is assured. That the settling, that's what settling and dwelling and habit. So that's what I mean. It's a settling. In other words, it's a done deal. It, I, my mind is made up. Isn't it cool how the Bible says, let your yeses be yes and your noes be noes? And so here we're talking about a settling, which means I'm settled. This is a done deal. So we're talking about a settling of fulfillment, a, settle, a settling of calmness, or we could say the word peace, a settling, I love this, a settling of completeness. Now, I want you to think about this. Shekinah glory is what? A settling of completeness. Now, doesn't that take a turn on it? Because what we're seeing here is where there's confidence of when God's presence is upon you, He wants you to feel reassured that you are complete. He wants to bring forth a settling where you have to come to that agreement as well. A settling of agreement of what? Of calmness? A settling of a completeness of what? Fulfillment. An inhabitation. Inhabiting. So inhabiting completeness. Inhabiting fulfillment. Inhabiting a calmness. So when we deal with this, we're not talking about some ooh, ah, shaking, quaking. What we're dealing with is when the presence of God came upon the people in the Old Testament, it's to reaffirm reassure, get into their beingness, a confidence to settle the issue, settle the fact that they're complete, settle the fact that there is a, a, a satisfying fulfillment in them, letting them understand and around them, letting them understand there's an inhabiting and, and, and a dwelling, a dwelling of what? Of, of wealthiness, a dwelling of abundance, a dwelling of splendor, so when you hear all this, folks, listen to me. When we hear all this, what we're looking at is we're looking at God wanting you to know that when I'm with you, okay, indwelling, when I'm with you, then you should have this understanding of completeness. You should have this understanding of wealthiness, which is the value, the integrity, the value of who you are in me.
And then you're getting this place of, you know, the, the settling of the abundance of or splendor. So I love this because there's not just, and when people say, oh, presence of God's here, oh, ah, shaking, quaking, that's wonderful and great. But what I'm concerned about is what did you learn? What awakened you with the wisdom? If you're not awakened with the wisdom, if you're not awakened in a, in a deeper definition, if you're not awakened in deeper revelation of something you that is uh, applicable, applicable, something that you can apply to your life, then my friend, you are not truly in the presence of God. Because there's never been a time when the presence of God has ever come upon somebody in the Old Testament that God did not speak to them about instruction, direction, or taking a turn mentally, physically, spiritually. Something happened because action has to precede this type of power where when the action comes forward, that means there's a settling of abundance and, and, and God and God sort of reaffirming that to you to say, if I'm coming here, if I'm with you, on you, around you, you know, around you in the Old Testament, like you know, like, a, like he was, then there should be a settling that you know what your value should be high, should be sky high. There should be a settling with you of understanding that you there's your fulfillment right here taking place. There's a completeness. So this is the definition God is wanting you to understand. So if you can understand that God is trying to get these people to understand this type of measure, how much more in the New Testament should we understand the power of things that God has placed in the universe for us, that His presence that He says, I'll never leave and overstake you because His presence is always here and we're one with Him. The Bible says we are bone of His bone, flesh of His flesh. And so here we're looking at this situation and realizing that, you know what? Christ is in me, I'm in him. There is no separation between us and God, and God and us, and and He's never going to leave because He's in, He's dwelling inside of me. There's a treasure in me. There's a power in me. There's a there's gifts in me. There's a fire in me. There's a wisdom. There's a mind of Christ in me. There's the heart of God in me. So what we're saying is, I am one with the greatness. I am one with the divine. I am one with the fulfillment. I am one with the completeness. I am one with the everlasting. I am one with the divine. I am one with the unlimited. I am one with, with the fulfillment. I mean, think about that, folks. So, so what we have to look at is realizing that the, the positions have shifted, Old Testament and New Testament, there's a position that has shifted to realize now there is an indwelling. And what's great about this is the Old Testament had natural temples. The New Testament, the Bible says that, no, you're not. You are the temple of God. So now we're dealing with the indwelling of everything we just discussed inside of us. And yet we still have people today, you know, um, in 2023 that are seeking for God to come down, some glory cloud to come down. And the truth is God's like, that's not how I operate anymore. Because, because you dishonor it when you, when you want something to come into your presence, when you realize, when you don't realize the veil has been rent, there's, has been torn, so there's no, there's no separation here. It, it's, it's always around you because it's always in you. Christ in you, love of glory. If you're in Christ, what is it? Neither male nor female. So even gender, even flesh, even ideologies really don't stand, that can't stand, can't hold a candle to the power that God has created in you to be able to be on this planet.
And so if the veil has been ripped in two, that means there is no going in and out of that presence or that glory because now it's the assurity of you being complete, you being fulfilled, you knowing your mission and purpose and your value, you knowing the wealthiness and the abundance that you carry because the treasure is inside of you. Jesus is the light that lighteth every man. So there's a light inside of you. There's a power inside of you. And the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Notice how the, in, the, in the New Testament, everything talks about coming from within in man, out of man. What goes in a man comes out of a man. You hear nothing but scripture over and over again about things that are in you. The kingdom of God is in you. Then it goes on to say the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. Well, 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 well and people say, well, where's the kingdom? And here it goes again saying the kingdom of God is within you. And so this is where it's changed positions. So we see from thousands of years to now where things change positions. And so now we don't need anything out externally trying to come upon us. When God's like, you should have already known when the veil was written too, you should have already known that you are in the completeness. You were in the fulfillment. You were in now you, you were in the satisfying place. In other words, you should be satisfied with the assurity uh, and the and the settling and the confidence that there is a fulfillment inside of you, right? A complete, you, you should have a feeling. I love how the original Aramaic says this, a feeling of completeness, a feeling of completeness. And yet, even with the law of attraction, we talk about, you know, you know, your thoughts and your feelings, your emotions. You need to, you know, turn all those on to what you really want, you know, out of God's will in your life and, and put your energy and your power and your effort into it, you know, and, and, and you, you will attract the very things God wants you to attract. But then when you look at this situation, what it's bringing to you is this, uh, is the understanding that guess what? There is a completeness. A feeling should be upon you that I am complete. And yet, it's funny how this says feeling of completeness, and yet there's a scripture that even another scripture on top of the other ones I mentioned, and thousands of others, that even talks about, you know, um, when it deals with completeness, it says, you know, I am complete, not lacking in anything. And so there's another one bringing out, to the, coming to the surface, that you are complete, not lacking in anything. And so don't dishonor God by wanting God's presence to come when God says, I can't ever leave you nor forsake you. So why would you dishonor by that, maybe with that statement when I've, when I've died to give you life, life abundantly, where it's already in you, it's already around you. There's no need to be able to pray it down when there's nothing to come down. It's the kingdom is inside of you. The Bible even says that, that he is enthroned upon the praises of his people, which means God is literally enthroned when you open your mouth and begin to praise and you open your mouth and begin to exalt. And so he's, he's even on top of that. So here's a great way to look at this. God's already on top of the game. The question is, are you on top of the game? Because if God's on top of the game saying, here's completeness, here's fulfillness, Get a dwelling of that. Get a settling of that. Let, let it inhabit you to where you can move on. Get into the feeling that you're complete. Get into the understanding that you're, you should be calm at anything you, in your life because that quote-unquote glory, the calmness, actually brings answers to, to tough, difficult and tough situations and circumstances that you tend to not realize that you have the answers for. Bring a calmness in there. And what does the Bible talk about? Peace that surpasses your natural understanding. So all these scriptures actually align with what glory really is. And I want you to see that because when we deal with the glory unleashed, we are dealing with the understanding that you are the presence. You know, it's funny how science even says that we're made from, you know, from stardust. 
I thoroughly believe that. I don't, to me, when people say, oh, I don't know about that, I thoroughly believe that because it's, you know, when we look at science and we look at the amazing evolving and, and, and everything of, of things in the cosmos and the universe and all this great splendor things that God's created, then, then I understand the fact if I'm made from the dust of the ground, you know, where, where does all this come from? And so what this brings to my mind is now an understanding that there's nothing really outside of me that I don't know. There's nothing really outside of me that should take me by surprise. If I'm truly made from stardust, then there's nothing at all that should, that is outside of me that I don't have an answer for or that I can't understand in the sense of bringing forth a feeling of calmness or peace to say, if I don't understand it, I can still learn to understand that I don't understand it. Are you with me? And so this is where you realize that nothing can take you by surprise to say, oh my gosh, it's overwhelmed me. I'm spiraling down. I'm upset. I'm, I'm going to fall apart. I'm going to fall to pieces because you should never feel that way when you get the revelation, the understanding that, you know what? I don't have to move in, in being overwhelmed. I don't have to move in anxiety. Why? Because I am made of stardust. I am complete because of the kingdom of God. I am full of the glory. I inhabit the dwelling place of fulfillment. I am wealthy. I am abundant because that's what it represents is, is glory. And so through all of that, there's nothing outside of me that should that can ever take me down unless I lose my definition of my beingness, of who I am, and then I give it power to take me down. If not, nothing can take me down. Nothing can pull me down. Nothing can drag me down. Nothing can destroy me unless God wills it, which he won't. Or number two, I give in to the fear, anxiety, the doubt, the unbelief, the fragmentation, the limitedness, my lack of knowledge, my lack of education, my lack of wisdom, my lack of this, my lack of that. Then, then all these things, I'm the one that bursts forth and creates to begin to bring that out and allow the circumstance or something outside of me to just destroy me. Other than that, it cannot come nigh my dwelling. The Bible says in Psalm 91. And so this is the reality of, of, of your awakening to know who are you? What do you truly possess? What do you have? And what do you feel like you don't have? Because when you get into the place of, well, I don't have this, I don't have that, then you should shift shift your mind into saying, no, I can do all things through Christ. So because of that, I have, I shall, I have, I can, and I will. And the moment you align with the I am power, then what happens is there's nothing that can stop you. I am that I am, God says. And yet, what do you have to say to yourself? I am that, the very thing that God said I am. Which means I am smart. I am wise beyond years. I have the mind of Christ. You know, I am the head and not the tail, the Bible says. I am above and not beneath circumstances, the Bible says. You know, I, I, you know, I can do all things. There's nothing impossible for me to do. I am an overcomer. There's nothing I can't come over and walk and let it be behind me. I mean, I could go on and on and on. The power of life and death is in my words that I speak out of my mouth. I'm the one that brings forth, you know, blessings and cursings, and I choose this day whom I'm going to serve in the sense of also knowing what I'm going to be, who I'm going to, who, who I'm becoming, what's coming out of me, because I know that greater, the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, and there's greatness in me, and I choose today to only see the greatness in me, and allow that greatness to come out of me, because everything that comes my, in my way in my life, greatness, it has to, it has to attack my greatness first.
Are you with me? Everything outside of you that is situ that is a situation, a circumstance, in order for it to come to you when you know who you are, has to attack your greatness first. And I guarantee you, your greatness will always override that every time and destroy it and eradicate it unless you see the greatness in you being lesser than. And then guess who is going to win this ball game? Not you. And so this is where you have to remember and realize where are you, who are you, what you possess, what's, what's around you, but also what is inside of you. Right? Versus religion and tradition of what's outside of me, what do I have to call down, what do I have to pull outside of me to make this happen, you know, uh, I need I need this over here in order for me to feel complete, I need this man because if not I don't feel complete, I need this woman because she will satisfy my, uh, my she'll fulfill my, my desires and my, and my relationships to be one, you know, with this other person, on and on and on and on and on. And the whole time, that second part of, of the verses this religious traditional aspect of it will always keep you fighting, struggling, surviving, never feeling like you're mounting nothing, never feeling like God's around unless he's in a good mood, never feeling like, you know, you have God's attention unless you beg and plead and cry, unless you go, but if you go with the first option and you know your confident level, doesn't mean life is perfect, doesn't mean things are not going to happen that are trials and tribulations, it just means when you stand in confidence and boldness, not arrogance, but you stand in, be, in beholding who you are because you you know your beingness. You know what you have to offer, which is everything. There's nothing unlimited. There's nothing limited in you. You have the unlimitedness inside of you, and all this stuff. That means, guess what? You are complete. You are fulfilled. You are satisfying in that in that in that in that fulfillment. You are you are you have the feeling of completeness always running through your veins. Then guess what? Anything that you tackle, guess what? It'll you will allow it to teach you and share with you and define and, and, and excuse me, not define you. You allow it to, to to share with you. And, and and begin to build on wisdom of things you go through and you won't fall apart because you'll realize things that are in your life are just there to share with you and teach you and show you new things that only are there to strengthen you even more but you never allow those things you're learning from to take you down because the things you're learning from the idea is either you can allow it to take you over make you feel stupid or you can say I submit to the things that come into my life to learn from because you're going to empower me and then once you do you can dismantle the situation and it goes its merry way and you walk out a champion because you were able to learn and empower yourself by trials and tribulations and situations that came to your, came knocking on your door and you say, hey, you can come in. You can't, you can't huff and puff and blow me down, but I can learn from you and I will dismantle your, you as a situation because my first priority is to learn from everything that comes into my life because I'm, I'm assured and I'm, and I'm, and I'm confident in who I am. And so therefore I can turn my learning curve on. And, and not my defensive mechanism on. I don't have to survive. I can thrive because I'm always learning. I'm thriving because I'm always growing. I'm thriving because I know who I am and my beingness is never never destroyed or or, 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 or tainted by you know situations and circumstances because they're the ones that come into my life and I allow it to say, what? why are you here? Let me take from you, but you can't take me down. I can take, I can receive from you, but you can't tear me down. You can't take me down. And I don't have to fight against you. I just know how to open the door and pull the treasure within the trial. Pull the treasure from within the situation. And then say, situation, thank you. I got you. Now go your merry way. Right? 
because it's going to be one person that's going to it's going to win the situation, and that is your circumstance or you. If you know who you are in your beingness, and you know the power of the confident level and the completeness and the fulfillment and the settling and the dwelling of that of who you are in Him, then guess what? You're going to become a champion while that situation did its job, and that is to show you something to empower you, and it win its merry way. When you fall apart and, and, and you're crying and you're, oh my God, what's happening? Where are you, God? Why is this going on with me? Oh God, what happened? Oh Lord, this situation happened. I didn't expect this to happen. Then the situation says, wow, you know what? I, I am not doing my job. I'm here to show you and to teach you and to educate you and to train you only to empower you even more than you already are now. But instead, you've allowed me to be Lord over you. And that's not a place I'm supposed to be. And then all of a sudden, the trial, the situation, guess what? Becomes Lord over you. And it's, and it, and it's torn you down. And so you have to begin to look at life and know who you are in your beingness. Allow that glory, that settling, that power of abundance, that power of splendor, that power of feeling of completeness, let that begin to consume you in any and all situations. That's why the Bible says what? To be content in all situations. Because it's letting you know you don't have to be upset. You don't have to have anxiety. And all that comes from a life of, th of, of survival mode. But when you get into, into thriving mode and you realize it's okay, all is well and all will continue to remain well because I say it's going to be well. And I choose to learn. I choose to yield. I choose to submit. I choose to be authoritative. But I also choose to allow anything in my life that is on the path of, 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 of where I'm headed to just be. And let me see what I can take from it because I'm the one being empowered, not my situation, not my trial, not my circumstance. I'm the one being empowered. And it's not, and here's the key thing, folks, you have to remember. You can't get on the defensive mode. It's not about, I'm the one. And don't be defensive about it. Be submissive about it. Hey, it's in my path. No worry. No sweat off my back. No problem at all. Because life will not be perfect for you. Life will be full of situations that will want to dismantle you. But really behind the dismantling is not even so much dismantling. It's just wanting to be and see how you're going to respond to it. And receive from it. And then cast it aside or allow it to be Lord of your life. So the choice is up to you. So I want to highly encourage you guys, go right now to the website and download this right now. Identity, go to identitynetwork.net and download The Glory Unleashed. It's on the front page of the website, The Glory Unleashed. If it's not on the front page, you can always just, just Google it in our search engine, uh, on our website, I should say, in the search engine, and it's called The Glory Unleashed. And it's once again by me, Jeremy Lopez, and you can download it or you can order it as a paperback. But I'm going to highly encourage each one of you, go do that today because it'll be a blessing to you. You will love it, and you'll find so much of the power of who you are in him once he reveals who he is and his glory to you. And as we close today, let me just say this to you. I want to say this, and that is, first of all, number one, stay tuned to Monday mornings, uh, Facebook and Instagram live at 10 a.m. Central Time. You guys need to be a part of that. Get on board and, and, and watch what we talk about. Laugh with us. Learn with us. That's what we're here to do. Number two, I want to highly encourage you to make sure you're sharing this podcast with your friends. You know, post it your social media. There's links here. You can post it to your Twitter or your uh, your Facebook or Instagram. You can post it. I would highly encourage you guys to do that. That would mean a lot to us and get it going in the algorithms. And third of all, I'm going to close with this. 
And that is, if you don't like your day, if you don't like the trial, the tribulation, the feeling, you know, oh, my th- my husband just threw a bomb at me of this conversation, or my kids are acting up. Listen to me. Whatever is being thrown at you right now, take a deep breath and say, this too shall pass. This is just about a cloud passing by me as quick as it can. So I'm going to be okay. So automatically right now, change the way you're feeling. Change your thought of you within this day. If you change your thought, you'll change your entire life. God bless. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.